when you're trying to come up with a design solution, it's rare that your first idea is going to be really good. So you always come up with multiple things and then try and map out all the different options. And I think it's very similar in life when it's huge to just commit to doing something entirely. You want to think about how you can break it up into small chunks and try and test out some of these ideas that you have for taking your life forwards. you've reached hotline design podcast how may we help you and welcome back to hotline design podcast in this week's episode we're talking all about a phenomenal design related book that has shaped a number of designers lives in significant ways design your life by bill burrett and dave evans is a guide on how to shape one's life around their values and things that matter most to them using the exciting principles of design thinking. Design thinking isn't just for the holidays, folks. It's for life. But before we jump into this fascinating book, ladies, I have to know, how have your weeks been? I love that little, it's not just for the holidays, it's for life. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) It's a lifestyle. Graphing design is my passion. So this week has been quite interesting. I have a very non-techie update, and that is I have manage to uninstall TikTok. So for our listeners who are not on TikTok yet, I feel like it should come with the warning of just don't do it. Like with cigarettes, you know, when when smokers just tell non-smokers are like, just don't, don't even start. Not Never even once. It. Not even once. It's not worth it. I feel like TikTok should be the same because I found myself spending so much time on it. And one day I looked at my stats and it was like three hours just on tiktok so i was like those are rookie numbers girl i I know right i'm sorry do you even internet addiction (laughs) true probably not but i don't want to either you know so i uninstalled it because i yeah I i found my focus really struggling as well like i couldn't focus on a task i couldn't get myself to do anything that i really wanted to do because i was just kind of grabbing my phone all the time so I'm done. And I think, Lauren, you have the right idea. I know you don't have it. And you have TikTok dealers in your life. That's how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I can hit that dopamine rush. I can hit that whoa. I can learn the new dance moves. Yeah. Like, But I find that reels come in other forms. Like now, like the TikTok content trickles down through Instagram and YouTube. And I'm even still like addicted to that. And I know, Lavinia, you were saying that like the algorithm isn't as good on those but i'm still like addicted yeah yeah part of the millennial question i'm clearly not gen z um i don't have a tiktok account and after hearing that i don't think i'm gonna sign up to one anytime soon can you watch tiktoks without an account yes it's like very artisanal like people have to like send them at least from tiktok they like have to extract a link and then send them through whatsapp but also just like it will eventually like a month later filter down onto Instagram. So a month later when I try to share content with people, I'm like, oh, my God, check out this like hilarious like TikTok. They're like, we saw it 29 years ago. <laughs> anyway. That was exactly me with my partner. He was like, oh, my God, laugh. Look at this dog doing a headstand. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Old news. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just learning the savage dance now. I'm not on that part of TikTok. (laughs) For real though, what do you think about working as a 
UX designer at TikTok? So I think it can be very impactful. For example, there were a lot of great things that I did learn on TikTok. I have the most incredible focaccia recipe that I've ever made in my life. Chef's kiss. Exactly. So many salads that I learned and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. There have been quite a few kind of like really impactful TikToks about women's rights and conversations that are important. So it's not all bad. I do think it's really impactful. What I also love about it is that it helps everyone create and be able to kind of have a message in the world. I feel like it's, I don't know, how YouTube used to be when you had a handful of creators and they were all really big because no one else was creating. Like working for TikTok as a UX designer would be great and impactful. However, I do think there is a very dark side of it. And that is, there was a TikTok about this, about like, what if we're all just becoming a bit, like our attention spans are getting so small that we can't like invent a cure for cancer anymore because we just can't focus on anything. We're like, yeah, we're just kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. This was a very long answer. I have to think about it a bit further, depending on like the impact you would be able to have. Because obviously it's probably a huge company with hundreds of designers. I don't know. Yeah, I think it has its good things and its bad things. So I'd really struggle to figure out if I would do it or not. Wow, crazy. You crazy girl. (laughs) (laughs) Do you bring TikTok memes into meetings? No. At that point. No, I think I was in a very serious part of TikTok, you know, like the women's rights and all of that part. Wait, so your money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds? Oh, it definitely jiggle jiggles. No, that <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it does. But yeah, I'm really sorry. I've taken over with my week's update. How are you doing? Don't be sorry. That was great, actually. Sorry, I think that's kind of an unfair question because it was quite a bit to unpack. And thank you for answering. The point around like having some sort of impact is always important as a designer, but then It's also a bit weird because you're like, if I'm designing for extra stickiness of the product and I am causing like harm to people in the process because their productivity gets compromised or their attention span is just not there, then like ultimately is this something I want to pursue? And quite a heavy question that maybe is relevant to what we're talking about today. From my end at work, I've actually been running lots of user interviews which has been super engaging. I just really like speaking to our customers and they're often so lovely and just so genuine in their desire to help and give us suggestions. So it's been really nice just talking to people. And then I've been trying to do the analysis part. So staring at a wall of Miro notes, trying to make sense of common themes where we can get some insights for our ideation process. And so that's been work. Well, I went to the gym, not once. But twice. So basically at this point, fitness is not a passion. It is a lifestyle. Mm. And do I go to the gym for gains or do I go so I can listen to my playlist that features the greatest ever Crank That Soldier Boy remix featuring Travis Barker. It's really, yeah, gains and tunes over here. Um, so yeah, I just, I've been enjoying being back at the gym. Check my playlist on Spotify. It's under GTC Bangers with a Z. And it's just all the classic early 2000s songs that you need to get you through your workout. Oh my god, I love it. I'm gonna check it out and use it. A good playlist honestly keeps you at the gym longer. 
It's not, it's not even a myth. I experienced it. I know. Yeah. And like, we, we got some Little Mama and Avril Lavigne remix in there. Like, just everything to soothe the soul and the biceps. I love it. What kind of workouts do you do? Little step ups. Uh, I do planks to Mr. Brightside specifically. Is uh, it the length of the song or? I get to a certain point. Sometimes I watch the music video and it's where the like Moulin Rouge can can dancers come out. And that's the plank time. That, that is the plank time, which is, it. I think, over a minute. Wow. Which is hard. But when you've got Mr. Brightside on your side, it's sure to go fast. <laughs> Can we get a poll from our listeners to be like, do you even want this to be a design podcast? Because this is much more fun to chat about. You just want this to be a GGC Bangers playlist? Yes, please. So yeah, thanks Spotify for sometimes hosting this playlist, but also hosting our podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. And from bangers to books, we've got one of our resident bookworms here, Yusin, who's telling us all about the exciting book, Spice Up Your Life. I mean, Design Your Life. Thank you so much, Lauren, for that fantastic intro to the book. So yeah, Design Your Life is a book that I read a couple of months ago, and I just thought it'd be quite interesting to chat about it in the podcast today. It's actually written by two professors at Stanford's design school, Bill Burner and Dave Evans, and they have run a similar TED talk on this exact book. The book makes it apparent that it's possible for everybody to be a designer in their own way by crafting a meaningful and fulfilling life for themselves. And I think what really hit home for me is it's really nice to know that some of the fundamental concepts in design, like taking stock of how the current situation is and also prototyping, these concepts are similarly applicable to help you build a joyful and purpose-led life. So the book is really interesting and I think quite reassuring because it's packed with anecdotes of people who have adopted these methods in some way and who have managed to map out what they were really interested in and refocus their efforts on crafting a purposeful life. And that's always encouraging to read about and hear from other people's experiences. That sounds brilliant. The book has been on my TBR for a long time, but I don't know why I kind of kept putting it off. So It's TikTok. Uh, it's tic- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True, actually. You're not even wrong. That's the sad thing. I'm super excited to learn what the top three takeaways were for you. Give me, please, a summary if I never get to it. <laughs> what are the best things about it? Yeah, I think there are so many takeaways. I've just put down top three because, you know, there are lots of insights from the book, but the ones that struck me the most are the first one is don't be limited by dysfunctional beliefs. Basically, some of the concepts that came out of this book were actually created when Bill and Dave started this course called Designing Your Life at Stanford. And it was taken by a lot of people at Stanford D School. And one of the things they say in the preface is above or like outside of their design studio, there's this sign that says you are here. And the reason why they hang that sign up is to show people that it's nice that they're kind of starting in this journey and they shouldn't be put off by things like, you know, it's too late for you to start or you should have figured out what you wanted to do by the end of university and it's too late if you don't know what you're going to do. And I think that's one of the key takeaways for me because I think before I read the book, I was always a bit like perturbed by what it meant to have a meaningful life and I was thinking about career choices and questioning that a lot. And I feel like the book was reassuring in the sense that it said it's never too late to start. And that's one of the things that really resonated with me when I first started reading the book. I love that a lot because I think we have this survivorship bias of people who maybe have 
known all along what they wanted to do. We all probably have a friend that's like, oh, all I want to do is go to med school and be a doctor and or like an engineer or any of these kind of quite defined career paths. And they knew that from when they were little and now they're maybe in that role and they're they feel great in it. But I equally have friends that knew that from when they were little, got to adulthood, pursued that, got into a career and realized it's not for them and felt like it was way too late to try something new. And I think we all face so much pressure to figure our lives out all the time. And I love the reminder that we don't have to. There were times where I even questioned if I want to do design when some projects weren't up my alley or whatever. But yeah, I really love that. I think that's a great point, Lavinia. Yeah, you can start to think that just because you don't have everything like mapped out that you're not being successful in your life. And I think what I really love about the book is, apart from telling you to identify some of these dysfunctional beliefs that might exist, it actually teaches you to reframe them. And I think that's quite a common strategy that we use a lot in you know, design workshops when you see something that's happening or when you interview a customer, for example, and you see a pain point. We always try to do this exercise of reframing it as an opportunity. And I think similarly, there are some examples that I'm just going to read out from the book. One of the dysfunctional beliefs that Bill and Dave point out is, I should already know where I'm going. But they tell you to reframe it as, you can't know where you're going until you know where you are. And I think this reframing of this dysfunctional belief suddenly like opens up your mind to so many more, more possibilities. And the fact that they're saying, look, you need to take stock of where you are, I think is a really useful opportunity for you to think about how you're currently feeling in all areas of your life and have really good understanding of that before you proceed on with the next steps of how to change your life. And that's why I think recognizing dysfunctional beliefs and being able to reframe them is a key takeaway that I have from this book. And then the second takeaway that I have is it's really important to try and gather evidence for what works for you. I must say, it's not exactly the most straightforward reading experience. I think there's this emphasis on not passively consuming information. They actually sprinkle so many activities that you have to try out yourself. There's a lot of journaling and reflection within the book. And one of the things that the authors encourage you to try and do is to gather what your life currently looks like. Without giving too many spoilers away, you're asked to keep stock of your day-to-day life and look through things that stand out to you quite a lot in the form of what makes you energized or like you know, what makes you really engaged and conversely look out for things that you're really not a big fan of that like sap or drain energy from you. And I really like this because I find it very applicable to our design process as well. Often when we're trying to improve something, we want to gather as much data evidence as we can. And often we do this in the form of, you know, like qualitative interviews by speaking to customers. And then we go through the notes afterwards and just kind of highlight key things that stand out. And so the thing that I like about this is it's not like some maybe like self-help books I've read where I think they give you a lot of advice. There's a lot of emphasis on trying to take stock of your current situation, gathering that data, going back through and like highlighting key things that stand out again, really resonates with me. I don't know what you both think. The main reason why I love that one is because often when you read a solution, it might not apply to you, even if you think it might. But I feel like they make you critically think about, okay, this is what is happening in my life. And maybe hopefully you can find your own solutions. It's almost like therapy, you know, when you go to therapy and they just ask you questions, they often don't give you any any kind of advice or anything they just try to make you think of it 
and I really love that approach. The point about yeah, trying things out and kind of prototyping in your life, like I think that's also an interesting perspective from even like the the financial side as well. Like thinking about one of the YouTube video or one of the YouTubers I watch YouTube channels is called the the Financial Diet, and they're all about don't buy all the kit for a new hobby without trying it out first. So things like, yeah, if you want to do pottery, kind of going to a taster session could be a good idea. So I think that kind of curiosity and that spirit of investigation is a really great thing to bring into your day-to-day life. I really love that bit about prototyping, Lauren, that you've pointed out too. And I would say that's another key takeaway from the book. Yeah, just like trying things out in small steps, like you say, to kind of reduce your risk of committing to something. And because this is a design podcast, sorry to bring it back to UX or product design. How dare you? When you're trying to come up with a design solution, it's rare that your first idea is going to be really good. So you always come with multiple things and then try and map out all the different options and then review it together with other people or people in your in your team. And I think it's very similar in life when it's huge to just commit to doing something entirely. You want to think about how you can break it up into small chunks and try and test out some of these ideas that you have for taking your life forwards. Love that a lot. Amazing. And Yusin, how realistic do you think that the methods in the book is at helping people achieve their end goal of kind of a fulfilling life and happiness? This really makes me sound like I'm the authoritative expert on designing your life, which I want to clarify. I'm definitely not. I think it's helpful and I really encourage everyone to read it if you're feeling particularly stuck in one aspect of your life, because I mean, it's just a sample size of one. Like, I found the methods and exercises in this book really helpful. But then again, it's not a panacea. The best thing about the book is it gives you something to think about and something to start with. And, you know, something that's very actionable. And it invites you to take part in that process uh, along that journey. And just try and, like, figure out more about yourself and what you like to do. And I think that's often the first step in mapping out your values and trying to come up with options that really match up to your values and which will help you to to reach your end goal of living a happy and fulfilled life. So I do think that they're very realistic and very actionable. And that's what I really like about the book. Yusin, are you happy and fulfilled? (laughs) (laughs) This is too much, Lauren, on a Sunday (laughs) morning. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think so. In some aspects of life more than others. Thank you for the deep question. I was chatting to my partner yesterday and we were like, I think we would be, if we weren't rich, right? If we were like proper millionaires and stuff, we would definitely be the miserable rich. Like, because <laughs> we were both like, we just don't have a super happy baseline. Now, I know it's, you know how I said about those people that know their careers, know they want to be a doctor and stuff. I feel like we all also know people that are just always happy. Like, you can throw anything at them and they just almost like don't budge hopefully that is not a front because sometimes it, it can be hiding a lot of pain but there are these people that are just super happy and we are just not we're always like a solid six we have the peaks and troughs but yeah we're always like yeah it's all right <laughs> i once did ask a fella on a hinge date i just like looked over at him and i was like insert name here are you happy and he just he started crying. Oh no! Oh so it's actually God. it's it's a really confronting question to ask people, especially when they're like a couple beers in. <laughs> so. Very deep. Yeah, I would say 
proceed with caution when you ask people that question because you never know the outcome. But in those ways, you can use the book to kind of structure your goals towards happiness and your pathway. Speaking of activities that might make you cry on a date, there is one thing that could be quite interesting for anyone out there if you're if you just want a taste of the book and you want to try out one of the activities uh, introduced pretty early on, the authors ask you to try and take stock of where you are at the present moment in your life. And they have divided life up into four key areas. So work, play, love and health. And the exercise is to try and assess how fulfilled or how satisfied you are in each of these four areas of your life. There is a template for this actually that can be found on the designing your dot life website where you're essentially given a gauge, four bars for work, four bars for play, four bars for health and four bars for love. And you're just asked to shade in the number of bars depending on how satisfied you feel in each of these areas. Having taken stock of where you are, the authors then ask you to think, where does it look a bit low and where can you make some incremental adjustments and what does that look like? So really thinking about where you currently are and what the ideal situation would be and what you can do or what changes you can make to turn your current situation into your ideal situation. So maybe that is an activity worth considering or bringing onto your next hinge date. Yeah, I feel like that would also be super good at New Year's. Like, because it's actually a tangible activity. You can even print it out. And so I think it would help to give you that holistic view of things, but then also directions in those incremental steps to achieve them. But also the work, play, love, health also reminds me of, do you remember when like Gwen Stefani had that whole love angel music baby? Lamb brand? Um, no. no. Just me. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. Uh, listeners, please call in if you also remember Gwen Stefani's brand, Lamb. Why does it remind you of it, though? All the, like, four different words, like, represent, and there was, like, perfumes for each of the four different words. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Also, I hope we're spending New Year's together now. And doing this exercise because I'm a sucker for everything like oh, New yeah. Year. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll all get. Well, we need a we need a fourth member, but we could all get a different one of the lamb perfumes <laughs> for Christmas, and then we could stay together and spend New Year's together and fill this out. So we've got our plans sorted. Love it. If you want to be a guest, get in touch <laughs> for this exclusive chance to map out your life with Lauren Yusin and Lavinia. And if you'd like to contribute in another way outside of our lamb obsession, you can contact us with a question for Hotline Design Hotline at anchor.fm slash hotline design pod. You can reach us on Instagram at hotline design pod and Gmail hotline design pod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected. Please check the number and try your call again.